We have just heard one of the great theophanies of the Bible, one of the great presentations of God revealing God's self. And as in many of the Bible's theophanies, when God reveals God's self, it is not just a revelation of who God is. It is a revelation of who the recipient is. Perhaps put better, it is a revelation of who the recipient is in God's sight. And this may have been why Moses' first response to God's introduction of God's self out of the burning bush was fear. Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. To me, this seems like a very natural instinct. Now, it may be somehow, that somehow Moses, even though he had been raised as an Egyptian prince, knew that the custom of the Hebrew people was to hide one's face from God. After all, he identified enough with the Hebrew people that he had killed an Egyptian when he saw him beating one of them. But Moses' instinct to hide from God's self-revelation, to hide from God's unexpected and unbidden self-presentation, may also have been an instinctive recognition that this was not going nowhere. That this truly remarkable happening was not going to be over when God decided to go back to God's normally hidden and distant place. Moses' fear was quite rightly a fear for his life. He instinctively knew that when God spoke to him, his life as he knew it was over. The narrator gently sets the scene. Moses, who has now settled in Midian after fleeing Egypt because the news of his murder of the Egyptian is out, Moses is shepherding his father-in-law's flock. The narrator says that in the course of shepherding, Moses has led his flock beyond the wilderness and has come to Horeb, the mountain of God. The story of what will be Moses' life after God's self-revelation is here foreshadowed in a few words. The course of Moses' life, the immense struggles and challenges and privileges of Moses' life, are compressed in the narrator's setting of the scene. As a result of the theophany Moses is about to receive, Moses will indeed be a shepherd leading his flock beyond the wilderness, and he will come to the mountain of God. FYI, Horeb and Sinai are interchangeable names in scripture for the mountain of God. After Moses is on the mountain of God, without preparation, the angel of the Lord appears to Moses in a flame of fire out of a bush. Moses is astonished that the bush can burn but not burn up. He focuses intensely on the bush, and once God has Moses' entire attention, God speaks to Moses out of the bush, calling Moses' name twice. At first, Moses seems quite fine with responding to this amazing moment. He speaks back, here I am. But then God expands God's revelation of who God is. God is so holy that Moses should not come any closer to the burning bush. 
God is so holy that even where Moses is standing is holy ground, and he has to take off his sandals. And God tells Moses that though God is so holy that Moses must keep away, at the same time, God is the God of Moses' own father, Amram. And God is the God of the fathers of Israel, of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. It is at this point that Moses hides his face and is afraid to look at God. Moses may have known what happened, at least to Abraham, when God appeared to him. Abraham's life, as he knew it, was over. Moses certainly know, knew that his father Amram had had a very hard life. Amram, shortly after Moses was born, had had to allow his wife to hide him in a basket in the Nile to protect him from Pharaoh's hatred of the Hebrews. Moses knew that this God who was revealing himself was not going to offer him an easy life. But God doesn't stop talking to Moses when Moses hides his face. God goes on and declares God's intention to deliver God's people from the oppression of the Egyptians. God says, I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land. And then comes the point that Moses may have instinctively feared. I will send you, God says. I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses' response is, who am I? A very different response than his first one. Here I am. Now Moses recognizes that even though he has tried to hide from God, his identity has nevertheless been changed by virtue of God's revelation to him. Who am I now? May be what Moses is really saying. I am no longer a simple shepherd in Midian trying to have a normal life, even though my life so far has been pretty complicated. Who am I now? Who am I now that you, God, would have me go to the one I have escaped from and ask him to let my people go? Who do you think that I am? Who do I think that I am? And God's answer is, I will be with you. That is now Moses' identity. Moses is now the man whose life is taken over by God and God's will. In response to Moses' question, who am I? God says, you are, God is with me. That is who you are. The theophany that Moses received was, of course, astoundingly remarkable and has become foundational for Judaism and Christianity. But those of us who have come out to this little chapel early on a Canadian January morning have also received theophanies. 
much more humble, I expect. But each of us has heard God call our name in one way or another. Each of us have recognized that that call means that our lives are no longer ours, as if they ever were. We have recognized that we can no longer say, here I am. Because God has called out to us, and because we have responded, we know that who we are is, God is with me. And this means for us, as it did for Moses, that the work of our lives is now God's work of deliverance and justice. May you be encouraged this morning and this day to remember and give thanks that God has called out to you. May you set the work of this day in the context of gratitude that you have been given the identity, God is with me.